running boom of the 70s came during simpler pre-internet times. A unique cast of characters riding that wave came of age. You never knew who would show up, and races became household names, attracting capacity fields year in and year out. Co-hosts Ron Galuli, John Gorman, and Grant Whitney, inspired by the first runners reunion in 2019, speak with some of the characters of the era, share their stories, and where they are today. There's something for everyone in each installment of the Runners Reunion Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to uh, Episode 5, Episode 6 of Season 2 of the Runners Reunion Podcast. Today, we are joined by a four-time Olympic trials qualifier, and in the vernacular of the podcast, probably not known as much for the roads. He's probably more of a track purist. Our guest today is Greg Lottenslager, otherwise affectionately known as the Slammer. Uh, and Greg, really a pleasure to have you with uh, John Gorman, Ron Galuli, and Grant Whitney here on the Runners Reunion podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. I hope you hope you don't uh, regret me being here. So. No, I'm, no, no, I'm sure that won't be. <laughs> Good case. As, as we often do, Greg, I got to start with, um, I don't think we've had any guests that has had as many siblings as you on the podcast. Maybe there was one, but uh, let's start things off. You are uh, basically, would you consider yourself a Texan native? No, actually uh, born in Columbus, Ohio, and my great uncle scored the first touchdown in Ohio Stadium in oh. uh, 1922. I think... I think maybe you were in that race. We we ran at Jesse Owens. That's right. That was, that yeah. was the reason why I ran that because that was, I ran it for my uh, uncle Wilmer, and I ran in that stadium for him. From him, and oh, that's great. I won the race, and it was a great, uh, a great time. So that was, so that was. Uh, he was long gone by then, of course, but my aunt and uncle were there, and and uh, that was a great. That was oh, a great that's thing. pretty cool. So we yeah. moved to, uh, we moved with uh, my parents, and then we had seven seven children to Dallas, Texas, uh, when I was. Uh, when I was two and my younger brother was born in, in Dallas. And then we uh, bought a house in the suburbs. And uh, so in 1961 and uh, my parents passed away in the nineties and my sister now lives in that house. So, so, so where are you in the birth order? Are well, you I'm the second, the youngest, second, the youngest. Okay. Second youngest. So, yep. mm -hmm. all right. And so we've, we've found certainly in this era, because, you know, if, if I'm thinking about this, right, you're graduating college, you're probably graduating high school, 75, 76, something 76, along those right, lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I have to believe, but I, I don't want to make assumptions here. Were you an active kid, physically active? Unbelievable. Okay. Age four. Age four. And I mean, uh, you know, every Saturday morning I was watching the, I was watching the, the Newark Yankees, because we didn't have the Rangers. So I became a Yankees fan and still still am. So I mean, age four playing baseball. I mean, we made up games in the house and 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 played rooftop and stair ball, and you know, always running around. And really, the the running started when I was about eight years old. Uh, my my little brother and I were horsing around upstairs. And my dad ran upstairs and said, "You guys, you guys are uh, making too much noise." So I said, "Dad, we're not tired." So he brought us downstairs and he ran. That's running around this. Uh, area in the house from the living room to the den. It was like a little circle. It was about a you know thirty meter circle, and we did like a hundred. We counted like a hundred, hundred and ten laps, and we it was great. We loved it. And we we loved it, and we we did, and then by then we couldn't go to bed because we were all we were all really excited. We made little shirts that said a track star on it, stuff like that. So it kind of started. Oh my gosh! Wow, it started. I was eight years old, but did gave it up in lieu of other 
baseball and I want to be a major league baseball player and play for the Yankees and do all that stuff. And, and, but it, but when did it, did your arm fall off or how did you make ultimately make the transition from those early, early days to well, when uh, you're, when you're sitting on on a bench, you get, get the, you know, back in, back in those days, the, uh, you know, the, the benches were all made of wood. I mean, I mean, now they got these nice bleachers, you know, the, the uh, aluminum bleachers, but when you're sitting there and, you know, getting the splinters up your butt and, and, you know, and you're watching the game and your parents are watching you watch the games. And, and I mean, you don't, I mean, nowadays everybody gets to play, everybody wins. I mean, I mean, now back then you didn't play for like, we went, we had a state tournament one time. I didn't play like five games. I I sat there the whole time. I didn't even get the, get the pinch run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just sat there the whole time and, and did that. And then, uh, when I was uh, when I was in eighth grade, I went out for track, and the coach said one time, I want to work out. He said, "I want you to run to Harry Stone Park and back." I said, "You nuts! That's three miles. You know, I'm not going to run there and back." So we did it like a hike, and uh, we came back, and I'm like, man, it's terrible, horrible. And then, and that's so I went to that was St. Pius Tenth School in Dallas, Texas, and then I went to Bishop Lynch High School, and and, uh, and somebody said, "Why don't you try for cross country?" I said, "No, nah, those guys run five miles. I'm not going to do five. That's crazy." So I thought, well, I've I've sucked at everything else. So I'll, I'll go ahead and give it a try. And then came up to the first workout and the coach looked at me and, and I was five feet, 80 pounds. And he says, I bet you got to jump around in the uh, shower to get wet. <laughs> and uh, so I, so my first meet, uh, we came out and there were 83 people. I came in like 78. And uh, I mean, I was, the, the, my, my guy beat me by four minutes and my top guy. And, and then, uh, and then, man, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't very good at all. And, and uh, I think, uh, in the season, they gave out some awards, and, the, and, the, and, the, and they came walking up, and everybody starts laughing. He said, "Well, bless his heart." <laughs> so, I mean, at that time, nobody would ever thought that I was going to be, you know, you know, a good at all in anything. And then our uh, our first meets. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I didn't make the roster to go to the meets because I wouldn't pass so, it. Okay, so you're not having immediate success. It's not like you suddenly stepped on the track or the race or whatever, and suddenly, you know, something was clicking there. So. Given that you had tried other things, you had, you know, sat on the bench, you rode the bench, you, you know, maybe you didn't have eye-hand coordination, whatever. What, what ultimately, why do you think you stuck with it in those early days? Because I want to be good, you know, coming from a big family, I want to be good at something. You want to, you know, you, you want to uh, be good at something and, 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 and achieve and, and, you know, and, and uh, I, you know, the, my, my first real inspiration was uh, watching watching uh, Steve Prefontaine run in, in, in the in the seventy two Olympic Games. That okay. was my that, that was my thing. I I wanted to be like him. I want to. I saw that. I said, "This is what I want to do. I want to run the Olympic Games." Even though I was okay. that horrible, you know. I mean, that that slow. I you know. But I, but what happens? I, I kept getting a little better. I went five fourteen for the mile. Then I went five eleven. Then I went to a place called uh, Henrietta, Texas, and I broke five minutes in the mile the first time. It was, it was like in a, in a uh, uh, there was a, a tornado warning. It was horrible thunderstorms and i broke four broke five minutes and then and then uh what age i'm going to interrupt that was 15 that was a freshman freshman high school bishop lynch high school and then uh they came to our district meet and i told the coach i want to run varsity he said no no he goes goes, you you know we're near making varsity i said i want to qualify for our state meet which is top three which is a texas catholic meet and i said i want he said he said you'll never do that just run the run the freshman race or whatever and then don martin broke his leg don martin broke his leg and that uh he said okay you can go ahead and run this you can go ahead and run and uh so i worked my ass off for like two weeks man i did everything extra 200 400 whatever he did i because I, I wanted to touch i wanted to qualify for state and go to san antonio you know go on a trip mm. you know it was unbelievable so uh went out there a perfect night at bishop lynch high school and uh and then i was in last place the first lap kept moving up and i was about 
I was in fourth place left to go. And I remember with 200 meters to go, a guy slapped me in the butt. Tom Owls slapped me on the butt and said, come on, Lasso, you can get him. And I caught this guy from Jesuit High School, beat him beat him in, in, in ran 441. So I improved my time by 17 seconds. The in PB, one race. And that was it. I said, this is my sport. And uh, I had played basketball, actually, my freshman year, too. And in that year, and uh, I thought maybe basketball could be my sport. And I went out and and, 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 and so uh, so your 15th, so that's freshman year? Or your freshman, freshman year. Freshman year. Freshman okay. Year. So that's a huge, that's a huge leap. Yeah. So we've had some guests who, you know, are really excited. They had that first major breakthrough and then did nothing over the summer. Yeah. Okay. How did you approach ending track on such a, a high at the end of freshman year? Um, did, were you, gosh darn it, I don't care. It's a Texas summer. I'm just going to go for it. Or was the idea of training over the summer foreign. Tell us a little bit how that. We ran, well, we ran, uh, so uh, season ended and went to state meet. And I can't remember how I did there, but they went to state meet and then, you know, maybe take a couple weeks off. And then like what I've done all, all my life, just, 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 just trained, ran. I think we maybe had a couple of summer meets I did, but mainly we did, we just run. We'd, we'd run around uh, White Rock Lake with the shortcuts. And we'd, we'd uh, there's a big dam. We'd, we'd run over the dam and, and, and uh, wait through the water and to get through the shortcuts. But that's what I did all summer long. Just started building the mileage, uh, you know. So it, it's interesting. So my freshman year, that, at that race, I think it was a it was a, a four mile race. Four miles. That same race, I beat him by thirty seconds. Hmm. And uh, the and that was, I mean, I had a really very inspiring coach, Brent Thorne was his name, and he was just unbelievable and and uh, just a uh, a really great coach and a really great guy and. From the time on, from the time he put me in that race, the varsity race, and I ran that time. Then it was it was him and I the rest of the time. It was so. Let me ask you about that because obviously a role model like that can make a huge difference. It doesn't matter if it's high school, college, or beyond for that matter. What was it about Coach Thorne? T H O R N E. Yeah. He was this real. Uh, he had this real. I mean, I mean, I think it was an example. Like he, you know, six in the morning he'd be there waiting for us, and then and then and then, then we see him in the hallway, and he pats on the back, and how you doing, you know? And I can so remember he's a teacher. Uh, he was a teacher. teacher, a teacher well. yeah. he, he taught history, and uh, he he uh, ran college at the University of Texas, and uh, hmm. was a decent runner. And uh, he'd write all our times down, and and, and you know he'd give us splits to do, do for, the, for the meet. One time I remember I was doing a workout, and it was getting really uh, dark, so he went up there and turned the stadium lights on to finish the workout. But I mean he'd be there to, from six o'clock, you know, and and then uh, six in the morning till you know six at night every, every night. I mean he was hmm. just. He'd give us uh, every meet. He'd give us a, a little uh, type piece of paper, and he'd, he'd say, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Get everybody's results. I mean, it was, I mean, it was un- unbelievable. You know, as a coach now, I, I could never be the motivator that he is. He just was an incredible uh, inspiration to me. Uh, you know, and, and he he brought me. I was this really shy kid. You know, can imagine there were eight kids in the family, and you know, you have to talk very fast to get a word in, and you know, and I was this real, kind of real shy kid, and and. Uh, he brought that out of me, uh, you know, and I was, I failed every sport and everything. So, but that one, that one race uh, for that, 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 uh, that was huge. That, that made, I mean, I knew what I wanted to do with my life, you know, forget basketball or anything else. And, you know, so. John, jump on here. So good. Did you run double sessions every day? Did you run in, in the morning and at night, like after, after school? Or did, you know, uh, you used to... Pretty much. I, I would, we'd run. Wow. So we six thirty in the morning. I can remember my mother waking me up at you know at six fifteen. That 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 a damn light come on. She'd say first thing, rise and shine. <laughs> I'd I'd be in the car 
I'd be in the car in about five minutes and we'd be uh, I'd work out 630 in the morning. And then after school, we'd load that bus and drive out to White Rock Lake. And that's, I, a, lot, that's I, a lot for a high school. Pretty much, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. What yeah, kind so of my, my sophomore year, I, I ran up to I ran 100 miles a week uh, my sophomore year a couple of times. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, generally not weekly mileage, maybe 60 to 70 miles a week. But also, I recorded every workout I did. You had me record every workout. I, I said, every workout I've done uh, during my running career, every every workout I recorded every workout. Wow. I've got every every workout that, 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 that uh, so we would, you know, and we do stuff like, you know, 20 times. Of, I remember one time in high school, uh, at, uh, we did like 25 400s. We did 10, 10 400s in like, you know, 65 seconds with a, a minute with a, with a uh, lap jog and then 10 with a, with a, with a, with a minute jog and then another five. We did 25. So, so help us understand your physique. You know, as a freshman, you said what, five, eight, 80 pounds? Five, is that, five, or is five that... foot. That, that was about, Somewhere, I think between my maybe my freshman and sophomore year, I must have grown six inches that, that summer. People that's like, a lot, and you're putting that kind of mileage. Yeah, I, well, I came back. I remember what I remember. I uh, I had ditched the glasses, and gotten contacts, and the girls all liked me and stuff. Oh, he's, he's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just you know probably between yeah. So that 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 sophomore year, I, I grew a lot. So I went from four forty one to the mile to four twenty two. In uh, that sophomore year. Yeah, you know, I, it, it, and that's just training. That's yeah. just be willing from that point on. And this was instilled to me and my coach is that I was going to do everything, no matter what it took. I was going to be, I was, I was going to do everything to win a state title, uh, you know, national title, Olympic title. I was going to do whatever it took. You know, if I had to run 200 miles a week, I, I would do that. I mean, so, yeah. yeah. So you're in Texas though. All right. So right. I got to believe that football's king, especially at the high school level. Yeah. How, you know, how did, uh, you know, guys and I'm guessing it's just guys. Right. Um, you know, how did uh, how did the your classmates look at the scrawny, skinny guys that do the cross country and do the track? Were you guys, you know, outliers? Were you embraced because you had a letter jacket? <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about the culture, yeah. um, you know, being in Texas when where football's yeah. king in high school. You just got a, a off the you know off the grid, you know. I mean, people didn't pay a lot of attention. We won state and cross country three years in a row before, before I got there, so we had one of the best. Teams okay. In the state and, Quality program. You, you know, you were you know it wasn't you know I mean football was big and everything, so uh, you know, but it wasn't you know I mean we didn't care. I mean we just you know I mean I didn't I mean I, I mean I love football you know and and, and you wrote a book and, on it so yeah, it's, it yeah exactly yeah. so so I mean I mean but uh, I was just. You know, I, I wanted, I had my own goals that I wanted to achieve. And, and uh, you know, so uh, we didn't never really had any issues with football. And, and uh, uh, so let me ask you. So Coach Thorne yeah. has been, a, was a key figure, you yeah. know, uh, in, in, in your running career. And, and it sounds like beyond that, if you had to describe him in three words, what would they be? Or, or his philosophy, let's say, what, what would that, what comes very, to mind? Very strong motivator motivator okay he had, a, he had a way about him he'd just say things he just like you know and he, he was funny too so i mean he just had a way about him that that just just you know really and, and it got to the point really i was running for him i was running for him when uh, so after my sophomore year he left bishop lynch and he got a job at north mesquite high school north was, mesquite okay yeah, north mesquite high school which was which was the big powerhouse 4a school in 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 uh in uh, there and i was in that district so i transferred with him it, it was hard because You've been in school for 10 years and, and uh, you know, all, all through Catholic school, St. Pius, and then Bishop Lynch two years. And, 
you know, now I'm, now I'm, I'm looking pretty good enough to actually go out with girls and, and now <laughs> and I know all the girls. Now I got to change at some school. I'd never know. I know anybody. So let's, you got to define for us because we're, none of us are from Texas. What mm-hmm. does 4A mean? Is oh, that I'm the sorry. largest? So, so at the time there was, there was like, it was class 4A, class 3A, class 2A and class B. Now it's like 6A, 5A, 4A. So, but the time class 4A was the highest, the that biggest? was the highest you could go. That okay. was the biggest, you know, so. Biggest you could go. Okay. Yeah. So, and it motivated me because it's like, I could, if I can win state in class 4A, you know, I'm the fastest runner in the state of Texas. So, but I, 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 uh, Bishop Lynch was going to, I didn't know what was going to happen there. They had coaches as a shot putter or something. So I had to go with Coach Thorne. There was okay. no doubt about it. You know, he, and he, was he, there he, any, did your folks have any concerns about this? Because, I mean, they, they obviously great. had valued the education. They, they before, were wonderful but, and they understood. And, and, yeah. and actually, you know, the Coach Thorne and the, and the, the president of the ski coach who was leaving, they came to my house and sat down. And, uh, the coach, uh, he he sat down and he and he and, and I thought that was great that, that, that you know because it, it was the biggest decision in my life. I was, I was yeah. sixteen years old, you know, to leave that. And, he, and they, uh, Rex Garvin is his name. And Rex told me he said, "What I always do is that I get a piece of paper out and I write, I draw a line down the middle of the paper and you put one school on one side, one school on the other side, and you, and you look at all the different things. And every decision I've made in my life, that's what I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've, I've always done that. And uh, but there was no doubt I had to, I had to do it." And okay. it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I had to do it. And then, and then I ended up winning the state meeting and, and I ended up winning the state Well, come on, we, we, we got to get to that. So you transfer so following transfer the coach. And immediately make, you know, uh, running is a big, uh, is, is a big uh, fraternity anyhow. I mean, I immediately made friends and, and, uh, uh, and uh, I remember people, people think that it was kind of a, uh, people knew that I was coming. They thought Greg Lottenslager is a big, huge guy, you know, and, I was at, the, at some assembly and I was talking to this guy and he goes, yeah, he didn't know who I was. He goes, I want to make, I want to meet this uh, Greg Lonslager guy. And he goes, well, there he is. Oh, that's him. That's him. The <laughs> <laughs> skinny little scrawny guy. That's, 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 that's the guy. That's all you got. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I came second in state at cross country. As uh, a, uh, as a junior. No, I, I'm sorry. I came in 36 at state. My, I, I ran pretty well, but did, did horrible at state. And then, and then uh, my uh, junior year, I came second in the in, came second place in the mile. Uh, I ran four fifteen, four uh, a. It's hard to make to, to, so to make the state meet. There's there's districts. There's like ten schools in district. Top two go to regional, and then top two go to state. Mm. So to make it to a state meet in Texas high school, you've you've done something. It's really a yeah, yeah yeah. So I came second in regionals at the state meet. Uh, I took the lead with about four hundred to go. And this a big, tall athlete from South Oak Cliff, uh, it was me and Ricky McCormick, another scrawny guy from Big Spring. And, and, we, 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 and so I was leading. I thought, don't let him pass you. I went down the backstretch. There you know, 30,000 people at the University of Texas at the Memorial Stadium just going, whoa, and, and went down the backstretch. And, and the, 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 South Oak, the South Oak Cliff guy, uh, uh, Ken Tolbert, he cuts in front of, uh, of, of me. And I almost had to stop like that. Mm. He went on to win the race. Was disqualified for that, and, and and therefore his team would have tied for state state title. Wow, John. Yeah. <laughs> so, so question. So as you're going along through high school and you're having all these great successes straight into your senior year, um, you know what were your what was your mindset as far as okay, I'm a great runner, I'm obviously going to go to college, end up going to Texas Tech. You know what was your mindset as far as okay, I'm a great runner, but I also have to pick a major. 
Um, what was that? I mean, what was that going into your freshman year? Like, okay, you know, yeah, that's that's the big Greg Latin slide. Oh, that's him. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, but what what were your interests in school and your it major? Was quite, it was quite easy. I I I like sports, and I could write. So I was a sports writer. It was never any it's never any question what I was going to do with my life. Love sports and like to write. So there was never any thought. So did, uh, did you want to stay in state or did it just happen to be uh, the luck well of the after that year? So I can remember also about Coach Thorne is that that after after winning the state, I mean I come in second state man fourteen, he told me that 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 you I think you can break four minutes in the mile. You know, in that time, only Jim Ryan and uh, Marty Lacroix had done at, that. at a high school, at high a high school, school level. You thought you, and, you, and thought I thought, you, you might, know, yeah. I, I thought he, you know, you're you're nuts. I'm not going to break four minutes, but you know, though, the fact that he said that, the fact that he had that much confidence in me, told me that you know, I, I'm I'm really good. That's it was, it was those kinds of things that he, he would say. That he's like, God, I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm a really a good athlete, and that and that really motivated me. So. You know, uh, I came second in state and cross country. Got beat by a guy by, by the name of Marty Froelich from Houston Scarborough. And went ended up running a two twelve marathon. Olympian uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. looking yeah. guy. And then uh, state meet uh, that that uh, January was a complete. It was, it was a horror show. I got I got I got sick and I got a cold. Then I got in a bad car accident and was out for a week. Or my heart got bruised back. And then I got then I got a virus and. And uh, threw up in, in in typing class, and that wasn't too pretty. And then uh, got another cold. So I, I mean, I was, I, I went to Texas Relays. I want to break nine minutes. I mean, nine forty-five, and everybody, I was written off. Everybody said, "Lot and Slogger, he's all done." But then I came back and uh, won one district in four nineteen, and won regionals in four eighteen, or windy day in, in, in Texas and on, on center track. And then so state meet, even though I wasn't the favorite, I, I that day, you know, and this is what you are as a runner, and you guys all know this is that. It's just like I woke up and said, I'm going to win. I don't care what it is. My last chance to win a state meet. I'm going to win this race. I don't care what's, what's happened in the past or whatever. I'm going to win this race. By, and, and by golly, uh, we, we, we got in that, in that race. And, and uh, I, I took off a 300 to go and, and said, come and catch me. And, and I, I ran 412.5. And that's, that's the, awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. the greatest moment. That's the greatest moment in my running career. And I, I, I wanted to coach Storm. Ah, uh, Ron. Yeah, Greg, uh, I've actually, I think you showed me a video of that race. Uh, so it is is very exciting finish. So mm-hmm. and a testament to your uh, kicking abilities as well. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm struck by that, though, because if you're doing 100, well, I guess you're saying maybe off season, you're doing 100, 100 miles a week, but during in season, maybe 60, 70. When did you know you had a gear? Um, that, probably you know, that race. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> probably actually the regional, the regional week, I blew brothers right. But, you know, what we understand now, yeah, we do, we do a lot of speed work, but it's not how much speed you have, it's how much you have left. Mm. You know, so uh, Peter Snell would tell me that the first time he broke four minutes in the mile, he said he went through three laps in in, in, in three minutes. He said, I, I felt like I hadn't run yet. But he's, wow. But Peter would do uh, 23 mile runs. Uh, 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 for, for our yeah. listeners, that's uh, the great New Zealand Olympian who just not that long ago passed away. Double Olympian, uh, yeah. uh, fifty-six yeah. and sixty, I think, eight hundred, fifteen hundred. He was a bull of a man. Yeah, he lived about, and, uh, he lived about two miles from me in, 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 in Dallas, Texas, and one of the most oh mild-mannered God. people you'd ever meet. Wow. Well, so so coming, uh, segueing a little bit back to John's question, uh, you know, so now here you are, you know, you are state champion. Yeah. Um. Did you had you already decided Texas Tech was where? No, no. So I, I, uh, I, it came down between uh, uh, Baylor and uh, Texas Tech, and um, 
uh, Arkansas. Arkansas had this assist- assistant coach uh, up and comer by the name of John McDonald. So legendary, legendary, multi-time. He wasn't even the head, wasn't head coach. Yeah. So uh, I had decided, uh, so John, I was recruited really hard by, by Texas Tech and Arkansas and Baylor. And I, and I, I decided uh, uh, it was going to be between Arkansas and Texas Tech. So John called me and said, uh, he said, what are you thinking? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning toward Arkansas. And I said, uh, and he took that as a verbal Commitment, and mm. and he sent me the the papers and everything to sign, but I didn't sign because I, I wasn't I made my I had made my, my I had made my mind yet. So finally, I did. I decided I'm going to go to Arkansas. I, I I told my parents that night I was going to go to Arkansas, and, and and the next day I came home from work. I'm walking up the stairs, and the telephone rings, and it's John, and, and I get on there. He, he he started yelling and screaming at me on the phone, saying saying you don't want to come to Arkansas. You're just using us. I could have gotten a full two miler. He's going nuts. He's cussing at me. I got my dad on the phone and my dad calmed him down. And so I uh, got on because, well, I don't say you want to come. I just signed the papers and he, and he slammed the phone down. So I called Corky Oglesby at Texas Tech and I, I told him to go to Arkansas. He's very, not, very nice about it and very polite. I put the phone down. I thought, I don't want to go to Arkansas. And I, I just thought about it. Their, their journalism department wasn't very good. I went up there. I, I didn't see one, one good looking girl. Uh, it was a, kind of a bleak. <laughs> The time plays of that. No, so your your mind. life gonna... history was on, on the question of what the coeds looked like. Is That's that right. Well, yeah. Like? I mean, Texas Tech. The girls are all about painted nails and they're beautiful women. And, you know, it's like. So I, uh, you know, I. You uh, like you know, it, it, so you know, also you know, I, I always remember the story. Corky Oglesby, he uh, when I went to visit, he uh, he didn't take me to the track or the dormitory, right right to the uh, mass communications building because I wanted to study journalism. Uh, okay. And he also told me, I said, "Who will I room with?" And he in like the Arkansas coach said, uh, well, you can remember this guy, the Irish guy, this guy, whatever didn't work out, you can change, switch around. And Corky Oglesby said, if you come here, you'll room with Robert Leppard. And, and he, Robert Leppard's 800 meter runner, he's the first class fast guy from 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 Brownfield, Texas. And you guys be lifetime friends. That meant a lot to me. That meant a lot that he cared to, to me. And Robert Leppard and I roomed together for three years. And I saw Robert uh last week. We had an indoor meet in Lubbock, and he he's a dentist in Mule Shoe, Texas. He and his wife came there and Watched the meet together, had lunch afterwards, and I was in his wedding. To me, that you know, the relationships I made there at Texas Tech that means you know more to me than anything. Yeah, so it's it sounds like between Coach Thorne and yeah. Coach Oglesby, it, it sounds like there's there are some real nuggets of uh, uh, affirmation Coach, the, and the, the confirmation. Difference, yeah, the difference is that Coach Thorne also a great coach. Coach Oglesby was a great person, but not a good coach. He, ah, know, okay. So that so, he, he was the head coach in the. Uh, so my freshman year, we we had this that we had this uh, Australian coach. Uh, by uh, we called him we called him uh, uh, Nessie because he had a long nose and and, and looked like like the lo- the Loch monster. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, so he uh, we called him Roof because he was he was, he was um, Australian. So uh, but he had this he he trained at Percy's thirty. He used to tell stories about how you know Percy would uh, another great train the guys and I think one guy ran against a horse or something like that and. He had us do stuff like twenty. One time we did twenty times the eight hundred up this hill, and we had to. We had to. Uh, it was pouring, raining. You know, eight hundred yards. We struggled back to the van. He goes, "Oh, you guys are pussies. You get get back there and do another one," and just d- destroyed everybody. Wow! <laughs> Completely destroyed everybody. And then, uh, and then, and then the first uh, outdoor meet. Uh, I had a good indoor season at outdoor meet. We ran at at the Border Olympics in Laredo, Texas, and. Uh, I ran the mile uh, prelims and I ran horrible. I didn't make it at, 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 at the heat. And, and 
that night, I said, I, I want to run the three mile. Mm. He said, you, you can't run three miles. You're terrible. You, you know, you're a miler. You can't run three miles. You're, you, you're not any good. I said, well, let me in. Cause I don't get, you know, it's, I'm gonna, I want to run a race to make up for that mile. I, I just, just screwed up and he goes, well, we'll let you run. And, and so I, I, uh, the first time I ever run three miles, I, I, I broke his school record. <laughs> okay. Yes, so, I ran. so I ran with well, COVID about a 1438 5K. Okay. And so what year is this? Just so 1977. We... And I held that record. For, I held that record for 30 years. Wow. 30 years. Texas Tech. Okay. So right. I ended up running 13. I came second at the Penn Relays in 1980 and ran 1344 to qualify for Olympic trials. Okay. I got to ask you because you mentioned it. Was that Thursday night at the Penn Relays? Do you remember what night? That's of the right. Week? Thursday night. The Penn Relays. We, we so either... do you want to describe that experience for us? Because I don't think many of our listeners know what it's like to be in the paddock or what it's oh. like to be in any of those uh, Penn Relays races. Yes. It always, uh, it, we're not talking relays here. We're talking individual events. We're talking yep. the main relays are Friday and Saturday, but the distance yeah. events historically started on Thursday night. Yeah, just a great experience, you know. Just the history of that Franklin Field, you know, knowing, knowing that pro football was played in there, and and just just uh, just the whole history of the Penn Relays, and how know, many people it, on it, the track in your heat? Yeah, you know, so so they it, they bring you out there, and then, uh, but it's just you know, and and, and the track is interesting because it's, it's like a, a a rail in the middle of the track, <laughs> so that was interesting. But very very uh, wide turns, which I liked, very yeah. wide turns, and. You know, but when it comes down to just a race, and, and and I think I led a couple of laps, and so it was, it was myself and and Alan Sharsu and Chris Fox. So and Penn State and Auburn, Chris Fox, Auburn, from- Penn State and Auburn, and I, I led a couple of laps, and then uh, and then um, Alan led a few laps, and and, and then uh, Chris took over. We broke away from everybody, and uh, we we, we uh, came down to the last uh, uh, came in the last lap, and and uh, you know again I got the big kick, you know, and Alan took off, and I went after him. I just I think he ran 57 his last lap. He was Ooh. he was quick. He was really wow. quick. I couldn't, couldn't run him down. And I, you know, it was funny because I improved from – I ran 1351 at, at uh, Texas Relays, uh, came fifth, and then I, I got uh, second there. But I was – even though I ran my best time and everything, I was more mad that I didn't win the race. That's just the way I was. Well, I okay. So you're, you're a competitor. I want to win. So, so what was that? 13 – what was what was your time? 1344.1. Okay. Okay. And would you – if you had to guess – were there 12 in the race? Were there 20 in the race? Were there 50 in the race? I'd say 25, 30 people. So it's kind of more like a, a minor road race on an eight-lane yeah, track. Yeah, but we basically. broke away early. I, I took the lead, so okay. I never saw anybody. Okay. So it, and, and then when by the time Alan took over, it was the three of us. Maybe okay. somebody else was – maybe 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 another guy was in there for a little bit, but it, basically I just remember three of us. There you go. Okay. I remember so – all, I, and I remember at, the next day reading a local newspaper – and they built this whole thing up about Alan Sharsu and, and Chris Fox and how they ran in high school and everything. And I wasn't even mentioned in the story. <laughs> mm. Well, as a budding journalist, that really must have been. They really yeah, must it was have like, been and they, they even went as far as saying that that Alan won and Chris was second. <laughs> <laughs> like he wanted to build it up to make sure that you know that was like that. They wow. Sorry about that. So, but but we got to ask you, Greg. This is 1980, right? Yeah. So you qualified for the trials, but there is all of this uncertainty hanging over things, right? Tell us, tell us what's going through your head. Well, I mean, you know, really by then, my 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 uh, my whole focus was to qualify for the, for the nationals, okay, for the national meet. You know, in fact, that I didn't know any better. We'd we'd race every week. I mean, in March, I went seven and zero. I mean, we we'd run we'd, we'd run fifteen hundred and five thousand. I don't know if you guys did that. We double every weekend. We just did it, you know. They had dual mates, right? You probably had dual mates. Well, we'd have like immediate long. I, I, I ran like one the 1500, like, you know, 358 for the 1500, and then come back, you know, an hour later, and I'd 
uh, won the 5,000. It was a dust storm. It was, it was wind was blowing 45 miles an hour, and I went in like 14, 18 lap the field. You know, it was, it was that kind of thing. Uh, and then, uh, but we, 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 you know, every, every, so by the time Penn Relays came around, then we, then we did the four by 800 two days later. I ran 151 on the 800. Oh my gosh. So you really had we to be the guy that had James May that ran 146. James so, May. That's James, a, boy, that's a, James May, the 146. Wow, so, I mean, yeah. So it was myself and Robert Leopard, and, uh, we, had, I think we had a, we had a Kenyan, and then, and then, and then, uh, and then James Mays. And, uh, so, uh, but we, uh, I think we got, seventh or something like that i remember uh so but pen realizes in april so mm-hmm. and and so uh when would the trials have you know the june, trials in june so basically i came now. back to lubbock and i basically i was done i i mean i was uh over 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 raced and i was done i mean I, you know and back then i know like i didn't understand what was wrong with me also also it was 100 degrees every day so you're running these races uh the ncaa mate with the university of texas and and i didn't make the final and got what's wrong with me, you know, but I was over raced and, you know, and, and, I did, and, and then with the trials came, I think we had about a month and I trained for the trials and actually felt pretty good. I got my heat. I, I think I was in uh Salazar was leading. So he had Salazar was leading the race and I was, I was in second place. So right on his shoulder, you know, it made, it made a great uh, photo op. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, I think I, and then I dropped back uh, last mile. I came, I think I outkicked Jim Hill. I got, mm. I, I came in, uh, Jim Hill from Virginia lap. originally, right? Jim was yeah, from- uh, no, I went to University of Oregon. Oh, he was a, he was a oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Uh, Jim, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Though. He is from, I think he went to high school in, in Virginia. Okay. So uh, I passed him for last place. <laughs> and and uh, so, I mean, but just happy to be, you know, and, and you're, but I was a guy there with uh, uh, like uh, Marty LaCourie was in my race. Mm-hmm. And, and you wow. know, I mean, people like that. And, and Paul Geis. Was in the race in seventy uh, six Olympian, right? And uh, who, who's who's the ball guy? Uh, uh, Dick Burkle. Dick uh, Dick Berkeley was in the race. You know, I'm you know, and and uh, after the meet, that big party, big Nike party. And I'm with, and I'm in, I'm in there with all these, you know, and, and uh, Dick Quacks was there. Of course, he ended up being my coach at, at Athletics West, and and uh, you know, it was just uh, I was just like, you know, I, I want to go around with my um, autograph book and get other autographs. I mean, it was just like. I was like a kid in a candy store. This is unbelievable. I mean, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I guess what I'm wondering is, okay, so you've maybe you're burned out, sort so to speak. When did you know what your next step was going to be? I wanted to. So I wanted. You know, I remember Track and Field News came out with this big story about Athletics West. You know, in 1979, 80. So your senior year, it came out with that. So I wrote to the Harry Johnson was a coach of. He was a coach there at. at Athletics West, so I wrote him a real long letter, and and then uh, he wrote back and said, "Well, you're you want to go with older guys, and you, you're too young or something." And, uh, okay. So, right. uh, but then he got fired. So he so he, mm-hmm. he got fired. I, I, so I, I went to the trials because I wanted to meet with Harry Johnson, and I said, "Oh, he, well, he's You're he done. got fired or got moved to different different things." So I didn't. So I, I didn't meet with anybody, and then I came back, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And, and Marty Lacory uh, uh, was at uh, Athletic Attic in Florida. There's a chance of going back there. I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, and then I found out that I had an indoor season left. So mm-hmm. at Texas Tech, okay. so I, you know, I graduated from college and had no intention to go back. So I went back and enrolled in graduate school, ran a couple of meets, got got the Asian flu, and uh, and set my school record in three mile uh, with the flu. So you're technically finished, say February March of, uh, you know, I guess, and and with a master's degree, it sounds like. No, I, I, so I, I just went to, I mean, I graduated from, with a degree in, in, uh, in journalism and I had no intention yes, to go back to okay. school. So I, I just took, I took some graduate hours just to get me through indoor season, but I didn't even, 
after indoor season, then I got a job with the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. They offered me a job. And uh, so I had to quit school because, I mean, I mean, I mean, the job was, I mean, I need writing experience. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't work for newspaper and go to school and run. So I had to, and the, and the, the job was more important because I needed that, that, uh, the, the experience to get a job somewhere else. So I, okay. so okay. I, so I, I went uh, with the, uh, I went with, uh, uh, with that, but I wanted to pursue my running career and I, I couldn't do it in Lubbock, Texas. I had to go somewhere. So I want to go to Eugene. That, that's where it's, you okay. know, that's where it's now, at. Was, so, was that Prefontaine kind of driving things kind of, you know, in the ether or was absolutely, or? absolutely. Well, but, it, yeah. but more than anything, just the, the people in the town. I mean, there were probably 40 guys that could run sub 1340. So I want to do the action was. So I wrote, uh, I wrote to uh, Dick Brown, uh, who's, who's the administrator in uh, Pastor Dick Wax. And, and they invited me. I, I didn't get on athletics West, but they said, you can come here and train with us. So, uh, November, I, I'd go back to Dallas at the time and did some, did some, uh, freelance work for the Dallas morning news. And, and then, uh, I packed my Ford Mustang, uh, my, my yellow Ford Mustang. They call it the uh, big banana with all my stuff and, and, uh, <laughs> drove to Eugene, Oregon and, and, uh, drove to Eugene. And I, I swear I crossed the border of Oregon and started raining, rain for four months. <laughs> so that would have been November, November of 1981. Okay. So I moved in there and I, I moved uh, into a house uh, with, with, with two other people and, uh, and Dick Quacks was my coach and Dick Quacks told me, first thing he said, he said, he said, he said, uh, he said, a lot of people in this town that, you know, run all these times, but you got to focus on what you do. You, I mean, you focus on th- this program. Don't go blindsided because if you do that, and I've kept that mantra my entire life because as a coach, I tell to my own athletes that if you, if you, uh, 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 if you, if you veer off the, the road, and you're lost. There's only one way, there's different ways to do it, but you only follow one path. Mm-hmm. So he told me that. And I always remember that. And he was a brilliant coach and he had, uh, he, he had a, a training program, you know, on, you know, a training program with everything written down, every workout. First time I'd ever gotten that, which is, I still do that uh, now. So I, I, I do that today. Was he, um, was he a kind of Lydiard high mileage kind of type? Yeah. Or? I mean, in New Zealand, everybody was Lydiard. It seemed like, I mean, they're all okay. the same. I think he, he ran. Uh, I think he he ran with. I think he ran with uh, one of the Lydiard uh, runners. I think um, so. He, he ran with one of those uh, who coached him to, to a world record, thirteen twelve point nine. Yeah, he, he had the world record at one. Point, he won the so. silver. Won the silver medal. And, yeah, I mean, uh, so you think of that era of New Zealand. You got Walker, and you've got Dixon, and you've got Cox. Right? Yeah, I mean, that yeah, was and, they, the, and they wrote a big uh, book about about the three of them. They, yeah. when they got off, what they got into in uh, in Europe when they were over yeah, there. Yeah, I really imagine. You know, uh, a great coach, and just mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, he he's only there. He, he went back back to uh, to uh, New Zealand. It was eighty two. He went back there. So I only had him for barely okay. a year. Short time. Okay. And I was okay. dev- I was devastated. I couldn't do a track workout. He told me I could couldn't do a track workout. I was so devastated about that so so, so but yeah. you've you've kind of gotten the taste of the 80 olympics and the disappointment mm-hmm. um but you're in the area you're in track town usa oh yeah yeah you i'm know. running on priest trail every morning i'm running priest trail. Priest trails right every, so every, every morning I'm, I'm at the first thing i did i i i got in and and put put, put, put my uh i drove in at night in in, in uh in uh eugene and, and i sewed my gear and i put my rain suit on and i went out and ran, ran at hayward field again so i mean you know uh. <laughs> You know, forests and, and hills and run. So, yeah, Greg, I know you had that experience in track town and uh, I know we're going to get to Boston, but can you compare the two, I guess, mm. from a training perspective, but also a social perspective? You know, there's there was quite a vibrant community 
when you were here in Boston and uh, wonder how it compares to out in yeah. Eugene. Everybody thinks Eugene's the Mecca, but I know Boston was, uh, had a substantial presence as well. Uh, you know, Boston was, I didn't know much about Boston in, in, uh, uh, when I, when I moved there, uh, but 80, uh, what time was that? You were moving. 80, to I was there 82 to 86 in, uh, in Eugene. Yeah. I mean, really for me, it was more of a social thing because I was really still kind of a kind of shy guy and I, you know, you know, I'd, I didn't date much in, in, in Eugene. I didn't date much and everything. And, and uh, really kind of more into my running and uh, there, there are a few parties there, but uh, when I moved to Boston, it was party central. I mean, it just, uh, just, just made, for whatever reason, just made great friends like, 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 like Ron and John. And, you know, so, I mean, really more of a, but I mean, uh, Boston was a, you know, we'll get into that more, but uh, also an, an unbelievable place to train, a uh, great so, place to train. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's just, because you did four Olympic trials. So we want to give a little slice, a little taste of all of them here because mm -hmm. you had different experiences, clearly the, the bittersweetness of, of 80. So I, what 84 I moved was yeah. 84 was big stuff. That was LA. That was a big deal. And you're coming from Eugene, you're in the Mecca, um, you know, and are you, who's coaching you now? Well, you? so uh, Dick, Dick Quack, I understand when I came there, I wasn't on athletes West and, and, and all these athletes were getting, they're getting stipends. So all right. they're doing is running. So I had, I had to get a job. And when I when I moved there, they, they I was trying to get a job at the newspaper, and there was a there was a job freeze on 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 for the newspaper. So I ended up I ended up working at a restaurant, and then then I got laid off there. And I ended up working at, at Burger King, so I'm working at Burger King, and I was making like you know what, two dollars an hour or whatever. I'm serving Big Macs, you know. I have a degree in journalism, and I'm and I'm, I'm, I'm serving I'm sorry Burger King, so I'm serving up Whoppers, you know. And the girl would come on the thing, yeah, I want a Whopper, we need a Whopper, and we need fries. <laughs> you know a shake and i was like oh i mean just like time went nowhere and that's like yeah yeah time was, went uh, nowhere okay they went nowhere so i i came home after the so that that year um it was 82 so that that year i i i, I ran sub 14 minutes several times i ran 1344.3 and in, in, in vancouver qualified for nationals and I had this plan i went to nationals i went to nationals i had this plan that i was going to take the lead with five laps to go i was going to go for it you know, I was going to, I didn't care. You're self-coached at this point. Um, no, uh, Dick Quacks is my coach. He's still there. Okay. He's still uh, it's, it's, it's my first year in Eugene, 82. Oh, okay. So I had this plan. He didn't tell me a plan. And so, uh, I, but I, in my mind, I didn't care. I, I, I mean, I mean, uh, Matt Sentwitz was in the race and, uh, Padilla. I didn't care. So I, I had this plan. I'm going to go at five to go. I'm going to go for it. It was kind of a slow, moderate pace. And I was feeling pretty good. And I, and I came, it said five. I, I was ready to go for it. And I made my move. I was just all excited. I made my move. And, and around the turn, Steve Placencia passes me and, and, and looks back and yells, let's go, fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> it completely broke me. It completely broke me. And, and I ended up running like 1351 and came in 11 oh. places. Like but it completely. And it's funny. And that was a big talk around town that he said that. And, and uh, years went by. Interesting. Years went by. And I always thought about that. So, about a few years ago, now Steve was a coach at the University of Minnesota, and I finally I, I, we talked about. Finally, I talked about it. I said, "You know what, Steve? I said, actually, you do me a big favor because I learned from that experience that mm -hmm. I'm not going to let anybody push me around. So I actually mm -hmm. learned a lot from him. I, I, I thanked him for, for actually calling me fuckface. <laughs> and, and, and around town, people would call me fuckface. So. <laughs> Wow. Well, and, you, uh, you, you got to have a strong constitution. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. Well, so to, I, uh, I was at, a, and 
and uh, serving up them Whoppers, uh, I was uh, ran out of money. So uh, you could only eat so many Whoppers uh, to keep you alive. So uh, so I went back to Texas uh, and okay. I came, came back and uh, came back and uh, got a job at an apartment complex in, in uh, Eugene. Uh, we called it the Midnight Express Apartments because uh, people knock on your door all, all night long looking for a apartment. Uh, you know, yeah. one guy came in, he had a really long, really long uh, braid in the back of his hair in, in, in the, in, in the, uh, the uh, backpack was tied to the back of his, of his, of his, of his braid or something like that. It's about, about midnight. I'd say no, I'd say no, uh, sorry, no vacancy. Wow. Not a, a, a guy, uh, some transient guy passed that in front of a, front of a uh, apartment complex and, and the cops had to kind of beat the hell out of him and throw him out. And that's, that's what talk I, that's about, what talk about what you sacrificed to pursue the dream. So, so you get through 84. Um, and if, I, if I'm looking at this right, so, you know, you still got a couple more years at Eugene. Is there anything notable during that period before you so, uh, so decided I, to make the move? I, well, I finally did get a job at the, at, at the, at the registered guard. So I was able to, to, to get back into my field and, and be a sports writer. So I did that. Uh, 80, 80 uh, and then Dick Quacks left and Bob Seventy came in and Seth okay. came in and, and uh Oh, he came to AW in Eugene. Came to AW, and I, and I trained myself. Uh, I trained myself in Dallas. I came in '83, and I ran a ten thousand, uh, and I ran uh, ten thousand. I ran horrible. I ran thirty thirty nine. Walked up to the stands and said, "Bob, will you coach me?" He said, and he said, "No problem." Step <laughs> <laughs> talk. So uh, he coached me, and I I think uh, 80, 84, and I eighty four. I I I went from thirty thirty nine for ten k to twenty eight thirty two. Uh, and just a brilliant coach, uh, Bob, and, and uh, great guys to train. And also, the guys to train with uh, Ed Spinney. Ed Spinney was an unbelievable guy to, to train with, and, and, and Richie Harris, and, and some real and, notable and names. Trent, and and it was just part. incredible people to train with uh, there. Uh, and uh, so ran twenty eight thirty two, and and then uh, won a big big race, and and, and then uh, so that was eighty. That was eighty four, and then, and then uh, Olympic trials. I qualified for the. 5,000, 10,000 started on the 5,000. And, uh, uh, so anyhow, I had, I had, uh, New Year's. So I, I had this, uh, 82, 83 on, on New Year's Eve. I, 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 by my, I had a, uh, a new year, a new year's resolution. I would, I would not eat sugar. So I would, um, and I, I go to stores and look at ingredients. I wouldn't eat any sugar, no, no, no sweets. Cause I, I would eat sugar and it would make me feel tired all the time. You know, I'd eat all the stuff. So, so, uh, I did that for a year and a half. Until about uh, half an hour after not making it out of my heat at trials in '84, I went over to the USC uh, cafeteria and ate every every uh, every uh, 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 ice cream bar and pound cake and <laughs> candy bar, whatever you can <laughs> yep. you can do. So I I was disappointed I didn't make it out of my heat, and, and that was you know. And and then I came back to uh, Eugene, and people were like, "What are you doing here? I thought you I thought you'd quit." No. Yeah. Um, We've got to fast forward to to Boston area because we're we're getting short on time. We knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm because, sorry, <laughs> uh, but no. But you know, this is good stuff. You, you've done. A, John is going to have a hard time keeping up with the litany of names that you have. You know that you've raised. I mean, this is a who's who that you've been rubbing shoulders with uh, 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 through all of this. But but something you know happens. You decide it was a greener pastures, whatever. But it was eighty six. Suddenly you make a move. And I. I I was I had a horrible eighty five and, and eighty six. There was a uh, my best friends by the name of, a guy by the name of Jeff Drent that came out to every race I'd run and he was an incredible runner himself. And he he uh, but week before the pre classic he passed away, right. and uh, just I was devastated. And I said I'm going to run this race for him. 
And and I I had been on that I had been on that thirteen forty four PPR for for uh, six years, and mm. I broke through in thirty thirty three, and I did it for Jeff. Mm. I ran it I ran it for him. It's like by golly, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this thing. So I, I did that. Uh, Seth was moving to Boston. Uh, they they ended up uh, uh, closing down Athletics West and Eugene. So I I moved to Boston. Uh, came there uh, the day after uh, the uh, the ball went through Billy Buckner's legs. And, uh, <laughs> poor okay, Randy. Boston it, it, Red Sox fans, here we know another notable sorry. day, but a more positive result. So I, because, I, because I moved came to, uh, to Boston. Boston that day is pouring rain in, uh, again, and I went out for a run, and then and then immediately just you know I think uh, somebody invited me to the uh, Harvard Square, and and, and uh, these guys turned up, and we just just hit it off. But with but 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 the ironic thing, they all had their own coach. I think Fred Tressler was coaching Bruce Bickford and they all did their training. And, and uh, so uh, Bob Seventy ended up in coaching at, at Bowden college. So I, I, so I coached myself. So they do their training and, and they would, and I was, and I was a sports writer. So I, I worked for, for newspapers. So I wouldn't get into about midnight and uh, I didn't get to bed to about two in the morning. So I'd get up, they, they, they'd be up at seven in the morning. I'd, I'd get up about 10. You know I mean? So, yeah. So help, help us run. navigate that then. So you, you move from opposite coasts. Yeah. Um, you've got this, you know, it, it, it's the heyday, really. It, like you said, you've got Bickford going. You've got, you know, Boston is a buzz. You've got the marathon. You've got all this stuff. How did you and you're and you said when you came to town, it was like you kind of dropped in. You know, it, it wasn't like you knew a lot of people there, yeah. but you immediately kind of got into it. But what was the what was your sense of the environment? I guess I'm saying well, I, I lived on top of the course. I I lived I lived with, with Bruce Bickford's brother, Stanley Bickford. And we live on, on top of the on top of the Nike Wellesley store. Okay. Uh, it was run by it was run by uh Tommy Ratcliffe. And there was a guy at the store by the name of Colin Petty who kept calling mm-hmm. me Lotten Slimer. I didn't like that. So he started calling me Lotten Slammer. I said, that's yeah. fine. So it evolved into the slammer. So nobody knew my name. Okay. They just called me, uh, you know, that, 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 that was a slammer. Nobody knew my name. That, that's okay. who I was. And that, 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 that's who I was. So these guys, would, and they would do their morning run in the afternoon, and I'd be, I'd be fishing up my, 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 my afternoon run, you know, at six o'clock, you know, seven mm-hmm. o'clock sometimes. And, and, uh, but, that, but I, I focused on what I was doing. And in that year, nobody thought I'd, I'd, I was going to do anything. So I had indoor season, I did pretty well. And then uh, outdoor season, I ran uh, 1351 and didn't qualify for nationals. And people said, "Well, you gonna so that that deficit? No, I'm going to Europe. Going to Europe? What are you going to Europe for? You don't need yeah, so we're talking '87, right? Yeah, what are you going to go, go to Europe for? So that was my plan. I want to go to Europe. I want to run fast, so I went to Europe and uh, got off the plane, went to a place called Tilsenburg, and also I went to uh, this town, uh, Rada, West Germany, uh, uh, Rada, Germany, and and, uh, and uh, uh, went there, and I was staying with the family, and I woke up, uh, I overslept, and woke up an hour before the race." And and I, and I and I I hurried up. I put my contact lenses in. I grabbed my spikes and ran. It was two miles to the track. So I jogged the track for my warm up. And and uh, I was just like, huh. I sleep in my eyes and everything. And the race started. And then and then uh, and I I finally woke up. halfway through the race, I passed all these guys. And around the last turn, I caught the guy who was leading. And he and I battled down the stretch. And and uh, he beat me by about you know by about uh, uh, one meter. You know, it was an incredible battle. And people were going crazy. I came back to so after the race, I, I thought, who's this German guy I lost to? You know, some. It was a 3,000 meter race. I think it ran 757. And I was like, who, who is this guy? guy beat me? And the people I stayed with said, you don't know who that was? No. It was Thomas Wessenhage. <laughs> Thomas Wessenhage. The great, was a, a great German mid distance guy. Yeah, oh, it was like a course. world record holder or something. Like he won the world championship or something. You know, oh, <laughs> I'm not bad. So I said, 
the next race I go to, if I'm in a race with with a top runner, I don't care who they are, I'm going to beat them. So five days later, I find myself in Bern, Switzerland, and we go out in two miles. We go out in two miles in uh, uh, in uh, eight forty two. Mm. And, and and I look up rich. and there's that's a rich pace. Yeah, yes. so I, I look up and, and there and there's uh Alberto Cova from, from Italy, the the, the Olympic, Olympic, Olympic uh, champion uh, uh 10, 84 000. Olympic 10,000 yeah. champion with a and, blistering kick. So yeah, he's, he's yeah, got right. strength. And, and then strength, in front of him, right? yeah, right. And then in front of him is Marcus Riffle who won the silver medal in 5,000. And you know, I thought Switzerland, yeah, I thought, and I'm gonna kick their ass, you know. And I, <laughs> and I was, and I was, I was you know, unbelievable. I was like, why are they slowing down? Why are they slowing down for this? Is this is this is this is this is easy. So the last lap came in the last 200. I just blew, I blew Riffle off the track. Wow. I was back there. I won that race and stadium record in 1333 and won a big Swiss watch, which I still have. And, and that's uh, a, those are scalps. Those are big scalps. That, that, that right was, there. that was amazing. And they, they, aren't, they weren't real friendly. They, they didn't come and shake your hand when you're done. They didn't shake your hand. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then I ran. So eight days later, uh, I found myself in Paris, France, and, and they weren't going to let me in the race. They said, the guy said, Joe, you're not fast enough for it. So I, I came on a train and, and uh and got in at 11 o'clock at night I, I, it took me three hours to find, find the hotel and, and and for dinner i had a microwavable hamburger and and the, met with the race director he goes no he goes i i, I wanted to see what i could do for for, for uh for uh you know the, the uh for money you know uh for for parents fee and he goes no 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 you're not fast enough he goes because I, he says, I i i see you i see you if you happen to do something then then um then uh, then we talk so i i uh came second and ran 2808 that was a the time was about the tenth fast time in the world, I think. And so I went up to his room. So I went out to a restaurant and uh, I brought some wine. I had a wine glass and I and I, and I, and I went, went, went up to the room and I sat there with a wine glass and and and, I, and he goes, "What do you want?" I said, "One thousand dollars." He gave me a thousand bucks to get the hell out of here. <laughs> there you go. That was, those were the days, right? That's how and you I was, did it. And I was. I mean, I couldn't that that summer at Europe. I couldn't. I couldn't run bad. I'm walking yeah. out to a, a two mile race in, in Gateshead. In in uh, pouring rain in England, you know, windy. And I was like, I was laughing. I, I know I'm going to run great. And I ran eight eight thirty one. The full weight last mile came fourth. Wow. So you know, I mean, it was. I mean, I really thought so you're right there. I'm you're thinking, right there. I'm, and I, I wrote my brother a postcard. I said, I, I think, I think next year I'm going to make the team, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to win a medal in the games. So that brings that's us. That's to how high I was. Yeah. So that brings us to eighty eight. And if we're probably going to, we're going to have, you know, let's get to eighty eight because that is to set the stage for our listeners. Indianapolis is not a great place for distance running, particularly in June and July. You've got the combination of heat and humidity. And Greg, if, if there's any indication based on your past experience, I'm going to guess you doubled. I guess you probably, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, you know, and people say, well, wait, why are you doubling? Well, like, like I had the third fast time in 10,000 and, and I figured if I didn't make the 10,000, then I got to have a shot the 5,000. Okay. So, you know, and I think normally in Indianapolis is, is about, you know, maybe 70s. So I'm I'm so I got Olympic trials and I and I, I went to Texas to get to get make sure I was heat acclimated and, and went there and I, so I arrived there and then not in Boston you didn't heat acclimate in Boston is that what you're telling us that's right I went to Texas but I mean okay. I, I didn't I, I didn't think it'd be that hot but I'm walking out to, so I'm walking out to my heat of the Olympic trials uh, ten thousand meters it's ninety eight degrees they're carting people off the off the track with with uh, IVs in their arm and I'm like at nine thirty at night is that what you told yeah, us yeah nine thirty at night so in yeah. in the race I mean I remember. I remember I kind of fell behind the the, the pack and in in uh, Charlie Bevier was uh, oh great in front of me and, and Charlie was like couldn't stay on the on the track he's like wobbling on the track I was like God this guy can't get on the track and I thought and I'm not even I'm not even catching him <laughs> mm. oh boy so 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 uh, so uh, I so I made the final in the final it was maybe maybe uh, two degrees cooler or whatever but but still. Uh, 
uh, Bickford, uh, uh, Bruce Bickford, the size that throw a 62 in. We went out that race. We went out in 80 the first lap, 80. And then, and then we, and then we end up running. Uh, I think we run 69, and then Victor throws a 62 in. I got tripped or something like that, and they, they took off, and I was, I was done. I came in tenth. And then, uh, so we had a day off. Uh, and then, and then we, and then we came out, come out to run our heats, and a bunch of guys that dropped out. They're only or 20, the yeah, five thousand, right? Yeah, the five thousand. Yep. Uh, only twenty six guys in the in the in the uh, in the heats. So they, they ran heats to drop two guys. I think you weren't one of the guys that would drop, but, but no, you, we, so get a semifinal. You must've been the second, second semifinal. Second. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so we went out and, and, and uh, I, I felt unbelievable. I don't know. I felt unbelievable in the semifinal and, and I outkicked uh, Sydney Marie. And, nice. Uh, nice. And uh, okay. made, won my heat. And I'm like, shit, I'm going to do that. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to do this thing. And uh, two days later, the finals is staged at Saturday, Saturday afternoon. And they had to stop the race because they had to interview uh, uh, Flojo for TV. So we, Walk out there, sun's blazing, and 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 and, and they go ten minutes. So we, we sat there and fry in the track for about ten minutes. We get out there, and I'm toward the back of the pack, and I start moving up, and then and then uh, Martin Enal middle of the race throws a sixty-two in. So mm-hmm. I, like an idiot, I I, I uh, panicked and, and 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 ran a sixty-two running passing people. I got I made I made the pack, and then just fell apart. I came in seventh, came in seventh, but I, I'd run eighty-seven and a half laps. In nine Think days. about that, listeners. Eighty-seven and a half laps, probably racing. the slow it, racing. Five, racing. Five races. I lost. Uh, I lost eight pounds. Uh, I came back to Boston, and, and, and Tommy Ratcliffe thought I had a uh, eating disorder or something like that. I was just like, I mean, my oh my, my jaw was all sucked in and everything, and and I couldn't do a stride out for like for like uh, two weeks. I couldn't couldn't do anything. I you know, tried running. Went back to Europe and ran ran a PB ran, ran, ran seven fifty for the for the uh, the three thousand. So, <laughs> so let me let me ask you this because you've now we've we've done the arc of eighty, eighty four, and eighty eight. Any mm-hmm. regrets? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, I mean, I gave I gave up my. I mean, I I could have gone full time. I mean, I was offered full time job and uh, at at a paper and newspaper in uh, Amarillo out of college. Could have done that route. You know, done that. But no, I want to make limited. That was my goal. You know, mm-hmm. and like I said, mm-hmm. you know, you. God, you know, after, after Europe at 87, I, I'm thinking that, you know, I can go all the way here. So, so uh, 88, what, how old are you roughly? 30. You're 30. Okay. 30. So how many years do you figure at that point? Well, I, you know, I, I, I was, I was going to keep going. So, you know, I, okay. you know, I, there was no, there wasn't any doubt at all that, that, that I, I was going to keep going. So uh, 89 happened and I, uh, I went to Europe and I ran horrible in Finland and, and, and ended up, uh, uh, I, I had a, the, uh, the uh, the Nike uh, guy that was supposed to get his meat and he get, get me any, any meat, so I had to, I ended up on a ship in the middle of the Baltic Sea. Uh, had, had to come back to uh, uh, got into Stockholm mm-hmm. and uh, and had, had a fly had a fly home. I, I I went to Buffalo for a race, pulled my hamstring, ended up uh, and, and recovered from that. And uh, with the hell uh, 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 and recovered from that, went to uh, race in uh, Denver and, and met my wife. So okay. <laughs> so the way eighty nine was an eventful so, year. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you look at your life and you think, you know, well, that was a horrible thing, but I wouldn't have been my wife and wouldn't met, wouldn't have these, these three, three most unbelievable kids you can never imagine. So, so we, well, that brings us up to 1989, Greg. And we know that was a, a really important date because you met your wife, uh, you're in Colorado, but we've only covered three of your four Olympic trials. And if we fast forward four years from there, we know 1992 in another not ideal place for distance running in New Orleans, you ran the 10,000. 
and you ultimately finish 10th there. But I can honestly say that so far on this podcast, you are the only four-time Olympic trial qualifier that we've ever had the privilege of interviewing. And we know there's more to the story. And all I can say is that the three of us are really looking forward to raising a glass in your honor at the cherry tree in December, 2023. I'll be there. Greg Lautenslager, thanks so much for joining us on the Runners Reunion Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Lemon. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.